Hi, my name is George Stalker, and this is Last Week in .NET for the week ending 5 December 2020. Normally, I would start this out with some of the funnier things that happened last week. But before I dive into what happened, I want to talk about this week. Warning, death and violence follow. Yesterday was the 31st anniversary of the Ecole Polytechnique massacre. If you're not familiar with this atrocity, let me quote Deb Chatra's chilling telling of the event. On December 6, 1989, in late afternoon, a man had walked into the Ecole Polytechnique, the engineering school of the University of Montreal, carrying a hunting rifle, ammunition, and a knife. He entered a mechanical engineering class of about 60 students, separated out the nine women, and told them, I am fighting feminism. One of the women, Natalie Provost, responded, Look, we are just women studying engineering, not necessarily feminists ready to march on the streets to shout we are against men, just students intent on leading a normal life. She reports that his response was, You're women. You're going to be engineers. You're all a bunch of feminists. I hate feminists. He then opened fire on the women, killing six of them. Then he went from floor to floor in the building, targeting and shooting women. Fourteen women died that day, twelve of them engineering students, one a nursing student, and one a university employee. Here are their names. Jean-Vier Bergeon, Helene Colgan, Natalie Croteau, Maurice Lagagnard, Maurice Leclerc, Anne-Marie Lemay, Barbara Dijon, Sonia Pelletier, Anne-Marie Edward, Michelle Richard, Maud Havernick, Annie Santagno, Barbara Klustenik Vadovich, and Anne Tukut. An additional 13 people were injured. Natalie Provost was shot four times, but survived. In the weeks, months, and years that followed, among other responses, Canada implemented stricter gun control regulations and began to observe December 6th as a National Day of Remembrance and Action on Violence Against Women. The event remains the worst mass murder in Canadian history. Now, our industry has problems with sexism, whether it's latent or outright. And while we hope never to have another atrocity like this, we should strive for equality and justice in our industry. As a white guy in tech, I will do everything I can. It starts with listening to the women in our industry and listening to their experiences. But I ask you to do that. And I ask you to do everything you can. If you've never had to fear for your life just because you wanted to be an engineer, then you too need to stand up and help stop the sexism in our industry. Now, on to what happened last week in the world of .NET. Christina Warren submitted a feature request for Windows Terminal to include a Stories feature. Now, it was, far, it was closed far too quickly, in my opinion, and we all know how hard it is for Microsoft to design a terminal. That would be a nice way to include video tips about the terminal in the terminal itself, 
what could go wrong? If you're the type of developer that has a need to monitor the garbage collector, you should read about the newly updated in .NET 5 gc.getgcmemoryinfo API from Mayoni Stevens. We're all in the boat where we don't want to deal with the garbage collector until we need to deal with the garbage collector. So read this post and save it for a rainy day. Codemaze continues their Blazor series with a post on one-way and two-way binding in Blazor applications. I maintain that two-way binding is the root of all evil and should be avoided at all costs. Think I'm wrong? Yell at me on Twitter at Gortok. That's G-O-R-T-O-K. How to unit test in Entity Framework Core 5 by Mikhail Balecki. My preferred answer is, don't unit test persistence. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. The Visual Studio team live-casted a remote office hours talk about the future architectural changes being made to Visual Studio. Now, Visual Studio is older than most college seniors these days, and it's spectacular to see it still alive and kicking. It is probably the best-in-class IDE I've ever used, and probably the nicest product Microsoft has ever developed for a technical audience. The MVVM Toolkit Preview 3 has been released. Now, the deeper dive into this is that Michael, the author of this blog post, well, dives into the API. I'm not quite sure what this toolkit is for. It looks like some sort of platform-independent uh, model view, view model library. Special thanks to DD Walsh at DD Skier on Twitter for the link. There's an open feature request to get IDE support for preprocessor symbols. Yes, please. This has been far better than the current state of, what did we name that if def? I don't know. Guess I'll just guess and we have a time bomb waiting to go off. Paul Sharif talks about what's new in .NET 5 on the Azure DevOps podcast. I checked, and they did start this podcast after Team Foundation Server was renamed to Azure DevOps. I hope they're comfortable with the change because the name Azure DevOps reminds me of 70s disco. It's cute, but it's going to get old fast. Khalid Abu Akma talks about module initialization in C Sharp 9. If, like me, you have no idea what this is, you can probably skip it. But if your team bandies about the words secure coding and threat model as terms of art, you may want to read this post. Basically, it gives you a way of loading environment variables or code before your code gets run. Microsoft is testing the Windows Feature Experience Pack updates on Windows Insiders. The Windows Feature Experience Pack so named because Microsoft's marketing department has a minimum character limit quota, includes improvements to, well, Windows features. In this case, an updated snipping tool, a text input panel, and a suggestion feature for the Windows shell. According to this article, Microsoft wants to make future improvements to the, well, feature experience available through this pack. If you're a Windows insider, let me know how you like these updates. Microsoft Teams adds support for answering calls via Apple CarPlay, transferring calls between mobile and desktop, and adding call recordings to OneDrive. Oh, for f***'s sake. Instead of someone saying, you know what, enough is enough. This work from anywhere while you're doing anything is knuck and futz, and we're not going to do it anymore. The eight-hour workday is hereby abolished, and we're going to give you a four-hour workday that you'll actually be able to make it through and still get things done. I've never seen tech workers be productive for an entire eight hours a day. 
and we should stop pretending that that's a thing. The .NET team hosts a community stand-up talking about LLBL Gen. I have to be completely transparent here. I forgot that existed. It's a commercial object relational mapper, ORM. And after Entity Framework came out, it sort of just sucked the oxygen out of the room for ORMs and .NET. Which, I guess, was the point. Abel Wang, the principal cloud architect and DevOps lead, talks about the history of DevOps at Microsoft. You can tell it's Microsoft because of the heading. Microsoft's Enterprise DevOps Transformation Story. It details how they went from a waterfall organization to a waterfall-esque organization that uses GitHub. I'm kidding. They're agile and they do DevOps now. And I've reached my monthly quota for saying the word DevOps. Gartner named Microsoft a leader in the 2020 Magic Quadrant for cloud DBMS platforms. Leader here means behind Amazon in vision and execution and behind Google and Oracle in vision, but beating them on execution. Or, put another way, they're number two in the space for execution and number five in the space for vision. Behind IBM. Jana Dugan talks about the things she wished more developers knew about databases. Please tattoo these items to your architect's forehead in reverse so they can see them every time they propose a new architecture in the mirror. InfoQ details the performance improvements made in .NET 5. You've probably seen other write-ups, but you haven't seen this one. Short and concise, it's worth your time. InfoQ also details ASP.NET Core improvements in .NET 5. I really like their concise format. Zach Bowden claims that Microsoft is hoping to sign off on an RTM build of Windows 10X sometime this week. Now, Windows 10X is the OS for hot developers. I'll be here all week. Try the veal. The Xamarin team released a MAUI update. MAUI is the multi-platform user interface project meant to unify all of the different UI frameworks into a common framework. The tagline for MAUI is the next generation of Xamarin forms to build cross-platform mobile and desktop applications. I couldn't have said it better myself. Derek Comartin talks about the item-potent consumers and distributed messaging architectures. One of the most crucial parts about developing a messaging or an event-driven architecture is getting the consumption of messages right. Item-potent messages and enforcing item potency in your system will make it easier to reason about problems that will inevitably occur because you chose a distributed messaging architecture. David Wenger is building a game in .NET and has videos to bring you along for the ride. Now, I missed episodes 1 through 57, but I'm going to add this to my binge list. Don't put the word Android in your Xamarin app namespace. Apparently, that can lead to your application not building and you generally having a very bad day. Thanks to James Montenmagno for having that bad day and then blogging about it so we wouldn't. Kubernetes is removing Docker from version 1.20. Docker the program has several sensible defaults that Kubernetes does not want or need. And while Docker containers will continue to work just fine, Docker the program will not work with Kubernetes. How to use OpenAPI auto-generated clients in ASP.NET Core. Now, this is another one for the microservices crowd, but it's still pretty awesome. The tooling has come a long way since 2016. 
And at this rate, by 2022, microservices will finally be a viable development paradigm. And finally, there is a recommended way to run EF Core migrations in Azure DevOps. And this blog post tells you how. Since I run neither Entity Framework Core or Azure DevOps, I can't be held responsible if this is considered bad intel. And that's what happened last week in .NET. I'm George Stocker, and I help teams double their productivity through test-driven development because TDD helps you focus on what you're doing and not on the hellscape that is 2020. To find out more about how I can help you and your team, visit www.doubleyourproductivity.io, and I'll see you next week.